Hey, how's it going? Welcome into the Irish NFL Show Thursday night. We're doing our Sunday preview tonight ahead of week four of the NFL season. Uh, Michael McQuid, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mark's Wi-Fi is down, uh, I think. I'm not sure where he's at, but it's all good in the hood. One less audio file to edit. Took two and a half hours to edit last I, night, so I, it's all good. I think my uh, Mark is, uh, may, maybe he was over, he's the one who was recording those Dolphins plays uh, secretly uh, against the, the Bengals. Though Tom Palacero has said this evening that uh, the Dolphins are realizing that they had 12 men on the, the field, but maybe that explains where Mark is. And Brian, just for people watching this live, um, if you're listening to this in the podcast for a start folks presented by Casty Travel check out the bio uh, for the best travel deals to get from Ireland to the States for, for NFL games or Munich as well Brian people listening to this podcast are listening on a Sunday morning in full uh, in this full podcast and London's later on today but for everyone watching live hello and Brian uh, we can see the uh, the picks ahead of Thursday Night Football columns relating to their Dolphins Bengals why am I the only person going with the Bengals it's just I, I do I do uh I do I do I do I do get why you're going with the Bengals, Michael. I, I can see the, the narrative. I can see the the reasoning behind it. It's four days off a of a difficult game for the Dolphins. There's a lot of injuries on the Dolphins side. We still we I think at this stage too he's going to play, but will he be fully fit after what happened on Sunday? Who knows? So um, I can I can understand where you went with the uh, the Bengals, but um, we're going with the hot hands. I think that's the fair to say with the Dolphins let's get straight into it uh, and time will tell what happens there um, we're going to look at a number of games tonight ahead of the week 4 slate on Sunday the week 4 slate on Sunday gets underway at 2.30 Irish time 2.30 UK time obviously the game being in London at Tottenham the Saints and the Vikings will be there on Sunday uh, we'll go through that game on Sunday obviously live um, at Tottenham 9.30 Sunday morning starts around 9.30am if you're looking to get the picks on um the Browns Falcons, the Bills Ravens and the Commanders against the Eagles. They're on Thursday night's podcast but if you're on the podcast network that's been split into different sections so you can just check it out in the podcast network or go back to YouTube and Colm has uh, very politely put them in the segments so uh, right, let's get right down to it lads. I think the first game we're going to talk about here is the Seahawks against the Lions. Now Colm, uh, Seattle had their Super Bowl three weeks ago and uh, they've been an interesting team to watch since they played the Niners week two they played the Falcons week three lost against the Falcons whereas the Lions were unlucky last week they got into the lead against Minnesota who were in London this weekend uh, couldn't hold it out this is a nice matchup for the Lions isn't it going into week four well, it should be, and in some ways, it's a nice matchup for the Seahawks as well. I mean, what you're looking at, I suppose, in this game is essentially the fact that you have the the number two offense in terms of points, the number three in terms of total offense going up against the team that's 28th. Uh, in terms of points and in terms of total offense. The, in, if you go to rushing and passing, the Seahawks still don't get out of the uh, twen- the 20s. Um, the thing for Detroit is obviously they gave up a huge number of points. There's still work to do on that side of the ball. And Dan Campbell put up his hands in terms of he had been uh, very aggressive, but he got away from it ultimately last week, and he feels that cost them uh, the the game. 
the 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 lions the line has been so impressive and that has kind of been i suppose what has really helped them um so look swift uh, has the the shoulder injury but i think that line will open up holes for kind of anyone to to run through and so for me, um, we we know, and and it's kind of joked about. It might have been Kevin Clark who first kind of coined that that the Seahawks never play a, a normal game, and I imagine that will be something like this here. Uh, they anything could happen, but I think that this Lions team have enough on offense and will score too many points for the Seahawks to to challenge them. So I'm going to say the Lions win. Yeah, kind of mentioned DeAndre Swift, but Williams, the other running back, has had a really good start to the season. They've got a one-two punch there, and Wes Swift and Amari St. Brown are getting all the kind of coverage and all the accolades. Williams is doing a fine job there in the backfield as well. He had two touchdowns, I think, last week in that game as well. Uh, sorry, the previous week when they're at home um, against Washington. They're going up against defences in the bottom 12. Um, we're seeing the Seahawks offense play reasonably well in flashes. They played well the first half. In week one against the Broncos, which you referred to as their uh, cup final, whatever you want to say. And then, but last week, in fairness, in the first half, they looked quite good. Metcalf had a great touchdown. They had a very uh, impressive opening drive, but he went down. Uh, Disley, the tight end, caught the ball, touchdown, and then Fant had a reasonably good game. Juju used the safety for the Lions will be in for game Sunday because they seem to be finding ways to get their safeties involved. But we'll make column on this because the Lions, like we talked about Goff, and he's had, you know, had a difficult enough time last year, but towards the back end of the season, they're four and three over the course of the last seven games. So they did finish the season strongly. We've seen in the past teams that finish the season strongly. There's a bit of impetus there because it's pretend so long to the next season, it doesn't really materialise. But it has for the Lions and Parents offensively. 748 yards for Goff, seven touchdowns. They're going in the right direction. And you know, you're asking me which team, what I think the Seahawks will win more games towards throughout the course of the season. I'm on the Lions here as well. I think they're too explosive offensively for the Seahawks delivered them. So the Lions to go back to two and two. Uh, how many games do you say Seattle was going to win this year? Nine, ten? I've got that. Nine. You keep you nine. keep you keep knocking on the extra game, Michael. In case I get the nine right, but no, I said nine. Sure here. Will we just leave it in the middle and say eleven? Yeah, is that the that the best bet? I said eight. I drop it down to eight now. It would be funny if, like, mathematically, they couldn't win that amount of games, and we were sitting in Munich watching it at that point. If that game with Tom Brady is uh, happening, um, it'll happen. Just will Tom be there? That's a discussion point for another night. Uh, really been impressed with Jar Goff so far this season. Over seven hundred passing yards in three games. He does have a fifty-eight percent completion rate, which doesn't sound amazing, but he just looks a lot more confident, and we're seeing better play than what we're used to from him, which is a good point for him. Uh, St. Brown lads Amon Ra is just class and I really really enjoy watching this offence for the Lions Hutchinson looks at home I'm not saying the Seahawks have nothing going for them like Tyler Lockett uh, has got 21 catches for 211 yards but he hasn't scored a touchdown through three games so they they're almost like they're plugging but they can't get the full plug if that makes sense is that a, that's a really really bad saying however um, I don't think the Seahawks are good at all I didn't think they were good week one I don't think they're good now week four and I think they were lucky in week one to win I think they should have been beaten by a larger deficit last week uh, against the Falcons and I think that uh, Detroit will win this game comfortably on Sunday that's the way I see it uh, Mark is going with uh, the Lions I should have checked who Hokey's going for but I haven't got it on the screen so apologies mate um, but yeah it's a full house in the Lions for this broadcast anyway and uh, 
it's been a while since we've uh, had a full house, isn't it? It's been a long time, lads. No? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm a little bit uh, surprised uh, that we we have a full house on that, but there you go. Awesome. Right here we go. The next game is the Chargers against the who are the Chargers playing? Texans. I'm asking this because the the graphic has got columns pick, so I can't go onto it yet. Chargers are traveling to the Texans. Oh, here it is. Here. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. the, the the graphics will be back next week Chargers Texans Colin this is an intriguing game because Chargers need to get need to pick up a win after last week uh, we don't know how the Chiefs will fare in Sunday Night Football against Tom Brady the Broncos and the Raiders playing each other so for the Chargers this is a huge game in the West yeah yeah I, I think it is but you almost get the feeling that the Chargers really are cursed. I mean, you know, more players potentially lost for the entirety of the the season this week and a a team that did a a whole host of work in the offseason. You know, we talked about things just seem to to happen to them. It doesn't seem to matter on on the location and you hate seeing players um, injured um, and and you just, but you just wonder, you know, can they, can they over it. If they were playing anyone else in the the league, I think you you'd be asking serious questions. But the the Texans had the opportunity to beat the Bears last week, and and they couldn't do it. They had the opportunity to beat the Broncos, and they couldn't do it. Um, and I just don't think the this Texans team has the the offense to do it. We saw last year, obviously they they managed it over the the Chargers, um, but. They, you can run all over this Texans team, and that's what I'm interested to see in this game because the Chargers are averaging uh, 59 yards a game on on the ground. It is that's tiny, uh, but the Texans are allowing over 200 yards per game. So they're the Chargers are the worst at rushing it, and the Texans are the the worst at defending the the run. To, to me, that will be interesting to see if the Chargers can finally get a spark on the ground. And because I think they have to win, I, I think this is an enormous game for them, given it, it is against the, the Texans and the some of the games that they will face in their own division and in the weeks ahead. I'm going to say that the Chargers get the win, but I'm not saying that with a great deal of confidence. This is the game that I've been torn about the most um, throughout the course of this uh, Is this weekend. the game that you texted me about today, looking to change your pick? Yeah, be honest, oh, it was. come on, mate. It was. Um, yeah, oh. so for open transparency to people, we lock in our picks on Wednesdays. Um, but I, I, I went with a team. If I had a pack, I would have changed my mind. But no, I'm going to stick with them. I think there's valid reasons as to why the Chargers will win this game. And... Eckler has had only 80 yards this season. At some stage, he has to kind of come to the party. They have to recognise the team as a whole. Herbert is injured. Slater is out for the season. Bose is gone. The column is recognising concerns there. This is this is a team that they don't win soon in the division that they're in. I called that they wouldn't make the playoffs this year. I stand by that. I don't think the Chargers team are going to make the playoffs because the Chargers are the Chargers. And in particular with that head coach there, don't rate him at all. Fine, just can't get him head around why people are loving him so much. Texans, was their 0-2-1, oh, they've come close to winning some games and they've been in a lot of games and I can see them in this game, but I think this game is a big one for the Chargers. I know it's only week four, people are going to say there's a lot, a lot of time to go, but bearing in mind that you've got Chiefs looking to rebound, you've got a you know 
AFC West uh, clash, which we're going to get to later on, which takes place in Vegas. One of those teams are going two and two. And whilst they're not behind the eight ball too much, if they don't get this game over the line, bear in mind the schedule that's coming up. It's one that I've got away. Uh, week 16, 41 29 to the Texans. I think uh, it probably wouldn't be as big a shock as it was back then, even though this Chargers team have a lot more players than what we saw last year, and the defense is supposed to be secured. I'll lean Chargers, but I'm not confident about it. I think they might still, still struggle on the but they have to find a way to get, the, get it over the line. Michael, you picking the Texans, yeah? Honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to pick the Chargers in this one, but basically because um, I think Justin Herbert, even if he's back to about 85% of where he needs to be, he'll swing it down the field four or five times and they'll just put points up on the board. Uh, now, maybe that might not happen, but I'm in a case where I think the Chargers will go out with a game plan to score 35 to 42 points in this game and honestly blow out the Texans. Now, that being said, Davis Mills... Um, has only well he's got three touchdowns this season so he's got the same amount of touchdown, passing touchdowns as Tom Brady has all season but he does look in terms of the quarterback class that he's in there he looks he looks confident it's not an elite offense in any shape of the short shape or form of the word but the Texans do seem more comfortable under Davis Mills and Lovey Smith the question is can they go up against this Chargers defense clean max of three and a half stacks this year already and put up anywhere from 26 to 32 points I, I don't think they can I think that they'll be, I don't want to say annihilated, but I think they'll have a very, very difficult time of it. And I feel that when you've got Williams and Eckler and the fact that Justin Herbert can make Justin Herbert type plays at any point in the game, I think that's dangerous. And uh, for me, I I find it really intriguing that you're saying you think the Chargers are going to miss playoffs. Week four, man. I mean, the Raiders are 0-3 for a start. I mean, like, come on. Like, I mean, I, I think the Chargers, I, I still think the Chargers win the West. That's, Genuinely, I do, and um, that's just right. looking at our schedule. But I'm picking the Chargers to win the game. Mark Cockerell is picking the Chargers, and I still have not found time to click on to find out Hoagie's pick, so I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, sorry, mate. I think we uh, four, four for four. Yeah, I was just gonna say about Davis Mills, like he has been impressive, you know, over the course of a few games and towards the back end of last season, but at times his decision making. I mean, the game in Denver. Like so you could argue they had him there as well to to win that game. Just couldn't punch it in for touchdown. Seemed to just make the wrong decision with Charles. And then last week, obviously, the one with a minute to go. You know, that's, that was careless last, last week with the Rogue on Smith, you know, interception. You've got to recognize the minute to go and be a bit more secure and be careful around the ball, in particular where they were at the time on that 20 yard line. But look, the Texans have got a bit of a surprise there, to, you know, in early picking the third round and has now established himself as, an, as a number one quarterback from 10. He could be there for a couple of years. So, But he probably needs to get over the hump as well and win a game like this to kind of signify exactly where he is going forward. Can't wait for the text on Sunday night when Brian's like, "Oh, I told you the Texans were going to win." When no, they're not going to win. Anyway, uh, that's the end of this podcast segment. If you are listening, um, please do check out the other segments uh, and really appreciate your support, folks. Like, share, subscribe, podcast video, and we'll see you on the next segment. So the next game that we're going to talk about tonight in terms of week four Sunday is the Tennessee Titans going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Titans and Colts having interesting starts to the season. You've got two different teams here in the sense column where um, Tana has been there for a good while now. There's a lot of expectation around this Titans team last season and there was a lot of expectation 
from the neutral standpoint this season that they were going to take a step down they did in the first few weeks they look a bit better last week the Colts offensive line as I feel bored now talking about it that much that it just doesn't look great Matt Ryan struggled until last week and he still did not play that well last week apart from that last drive um, there are issues in both teams and it's going to be an intriguing game because it's a game where the Colts are under pressure to win based on last week and their defense came up really really big against the Chiefs but how can they turn it on against a Derrick Henry led offense where he could just run through them that's the question well yeah they're gonna have to find a way to stop Derrick Henry because on his day he's capable of running over anybody um, but it is possible um, to to stop him. Um, he he isn't invincible, and certainly, if uh, anyone has seen Jim Irsay's tweets uh, this afternoon, he is calling on the Colts faithful to play a significant uh, um, part in this. He's asking for it to be the loudest game of his tenure, um, his ownership of the the Colts, and I think that'll be a factor because. Um, neither of these teams are, are playing particularly well. We expected more from the Colts. I, I think really a lot of talk that they were going to win this division for the first time since 2014. Um, but uh, offensively, we haven't yet seen it, certainly. You're right, Michael, that the defence showed up big time last week to hold Patrick Mahomes and the, the Chiefs to 17 um, points uh, was very, very good. And they did that without Shaquille Leonard, um, which makes it probably even more impressive. Um, the uh, I, I had definitely a bit of a wobble yesterday when I heard Jonathan Taylor had missed practice. Apparently, it's the first time he's ever missed practice, be it high school, college, or the NFL. But he was full go to today, uh, which is uh, a relief for, for the Colts. I, I really think this is one of the, and I think there are a few games um, like that uh, this week, just a coin flip game. I'm going to go with the Colts because they're at home and I think they, they need it. But then I thought the Raiders needed it more last week and the Titans did it. As long as Mike Vrabel is there, the Titans will be super competitive. But I'm going to say the Colts get the win on Sunday. Like Derek Henry, he's flattered to the save this year. Like last week, people were kind of saying, oh, he looked back to himself. But a lot of numbers were, I would say, inflated last week. The reality is he's still, in terms of rushing, he only had 85 yards rushing. He got another 16 in terms of receptions, but he's not tense. He doesn't tend to do too many receptions. Week one, he was held to 82 by the Giants. If that team, if he's not playing well, that team essentially not playing well. And then they're reliant on Tannehill. Tannehill's numbers against Matt Ryan, and we discussed Matt Ryan and the flaws, how we, how we expected more from him. They're very similar. 647, 69. Three touchdowns each, three interceptions, four interceptions. Neither of them are, are playing, playing better. I thought Matt Ryan came back to himself a little bit last week because the offense went. Once it was struggling for large parts of the game, he still had the experience to get that drive against a formidable Chiefs team to win that game. I look at the players on the outside and wider saves and who they got. Brooks, Woods, Phillips. I mean, this was a concern with this Titans team going into the season. The drop-off from AJ Brown could be significant. Um, where I see other players on Pittman, for example, with the Colts, track the player, kind of expect to make a big step up. They had a rookie last week, two touchdowns. I see more reasons why the Colts should win this game. And defensively last week were solid, and I expect a similar performance this week. So I'm, I'm with the Colts here as well. Mark C is going with the Colts as well. Um, it's a full house with us. I, uh, why, why do you look so surprised with Mark over the Colts? 
I, I just didn't think uh, Mark would. Uh, I thought he, he he's obviously looked Bill Belichick and Vrabel and the, the coaching tree. I thought he might uh, lean into the Titans. No, but it's a it, it's a neutral broadcast. We can't have our affiliations with the teams that we support. So I, I understand now Mark is going for the Colts. That was a hilarious joke. Um, uh, Hogan's going with the char- with the Chargers. No, he's not going with the Chargers. He's going with the he's going with the Titans. So at least somebody's going with the Titans uh, on this internet sphere. Uh, I'm going with the Colts because I think the home crowd will be the factor for them. I think the defense will come up again. That being said, I don't rate the Colts as highly as I did, um, and it'll be intriguing to see over the next few weeks how the Jaguars will maybe propel themselves further in this division they won't win this weekend against Philadelphia but over the next few weeks they've got a chance to win some games including the game in London which I think they've got a great chance to win personally as it stands at the minute um, so let's see how it goes I I've seen that with Jonathan Taylor he'll, he'll be grand it'll be 100% I think it'll be it's one of those coin flip games as you said Colin but the, the Colts will win by a field goal and to make it even more of a guesswork there'll be a double doink from one of the teams how's that for gamble responsibly interesting. Interesting. The, the Titans beat them twice last year you know over the course of the few years leading up to that it was obviously like a they'd always kind of take a game off each other and the game they usually win was strange enough was on the road but last year the Titans had their number twice you know Carson Wentz made a lot of mistakes in the in this particular game when it was in Indy last year I don't think Mark Ryan's the type of quarterback that would make those type of mistakes I think ultimately yeah. get, them, get them over the line yeah I think you know the Colts need to win this game as well so time will tell and um, Bears Giants. Um, this game is at MetLife, Brian. Is it or? Yeah. Okay. So Bears Giants. Justin Fields going in the MetLife. Um, Colin, where do we start with this matchup? Um, I think where where you start with it is is it'll be it'll be played on the ground, sir. Certainly. Um, when when you look at both of these teams, they're both run, run first. Um, I saw a tweet from our friend Sam Monson earlier who highlighted, um, and yes, Bears fans, you have a winning record, um, but he did highlight that Justin Fields has two hundred ninety seven passing yards in three games. Um, QBs have exceeded that in one game 19 times this season four QBs have done it multiple times and even Geno Smith has done it we've talked about it before you've got to go back to the 80s to find as few completions through the first three games but realistically this is football from the 70s I'm sure for Bears fans, they won't care uh, as long as they, you know, uh, keep winning. If they keep above 500, why why would they they care? Uh, But I do not believe that the Giants will be as generous as the Texans were um, last week. Uh, I, you know, we, we know we know what Daniel Jones is. We know he's not going to be there next year, but I believe in Brian Dable and his roster more than Lovey Smith and, and his roster. And so I am going to say that um, the Giants get the win in this one. Brian, Hogan's picking the Bears. Just wanted to put that out there so you can tell what us a, why a, the Giants are going to win. What a, what a surprise. What, a, what an absolute surprise. Hogan picks against the Giants. Yeah. Um, I, I am picking the Giants I mean, no I am I am but um, I don't think it's down to the fact that the Giants are a great football team I think it's more down to the fact that we're playing a lesser football team um, Cole Kamei had a really good game last week for the for the Bears as running back when Montgomery went down again 
But essentially, he is right now to be all in for this Bears team because they have to run the ball, like Colin said. And the Giants was Leonard Williams is out and he's our standout player defensive line in terms of stopping the run. Big loss. Looks like he could be back for the game in London, which is great to see. Um, I think they'll find a way to stop them. And then you're putting it in the hands of Justin Fields. I think it's the lows over under um, in terms of passing, uh, in terms of completions for a quarterback yards in years. It's 120. That's the over under on, on Justin Fields on, on Sunday in terms of yards in the game. The Giants are struggling offensively as well. I mean, you, you say Daniel Jones won't be there next year. He won't be there next year, but by golly, right now he's doing his utmost to make sure he is there because his performance on Monday was, let's be honest, it was fantastic. You can say what you like about the, the offense. The wide receivers on Sunday, Slayton, Stills, Jesse James, Golden won't be playing or will only get like 12, 12 snaps again. And Saquon is ultimately the guy that will win us the game. And we have to lean on him and, and imagine that's what will happen in the course of the game. And I think joint defense will play well enough to hold the Bears in check. The Giants will get a, get a win, but it won't be it won't be a, an impressive game, shall we say. Yeah, just going back on what Colin said, uh, the whole Justin Fields, uh, 297 passing yards in three games with two touchdowns and four interceptions is... I don't care that there was a monsoon week one. That's an abomination, lads. Like that is an absolute abomination. Now it's not Justin Fields' fault because they haven't built an offense around him, and that's why I have consistently been down on this team because there's no care for his development. Albeit it, it's a short window. You bring in a new GM, you bring in a new head coach. It takes time to implement certain players, but they haven't protected them, and it hasn't. It hasn't worked out for them, and it's not going to work out for them this season. Like, how can they win this game on Sunday? Ironically, they get the ball down the field with Justin Fields. They won't do it. They'll try and run the ball, and Justin will throw a few picks. And Brian's right, uh, Daniel Jones, um, it wasn't his fault on Monday. He made some really, really uh, good plays at times in the game where it was difficult for him to get the ball down the field, and he's still done it. So f- fair play to him in that there. The Giants are more fun to watch, and that, for any fan, is is a good thing especially in the NFC East where Washington are completely gone with the dogs completely so um, it's, it's, it's it's interesting to watch I feel that this game will not be won by the Giants in terms of the running game uh, you got like uh, Daniel Ballinger who's had 50 yards so far this season just over 50 yards one touchdown I think like guys that got there will come in and win the game Street Daniel Jones I, I, I feel that uh, they'll struggle on their own game on Sunday but they're going in the right direction there's no way in hell there's more chance of me winning the Rosa Tralee than there is of that man starting a quarterback next year that being said they could release him somehow mathematically and bring him in at the one million dollar he, he's gone lads he's not coming back he's not of the caliber for that team and they'll bring somebody decent in um mark is picking yeah and i'm picking the giants as well so jesus the bears are winning by how much lads is the question uh if we if we've all gone from the bears are probably winning by double digits well, what one of us, one of us, and I say one of us because I have a lot of fans who are Bears fans. One of us is walking away from this game. You have a lot of Sunday. fans who are Bears fans. That yeah, is interesting. Friends, so I say, sorry, a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of them, one of us is walking away three and one on Sunday. Three and one Giants. Oh, I'd say we're ahead of the curve and there's where we would would have thought we'd be. And if the Bears been a three and one, bear in mind how, and not just ourselves, how critical of people are of them this season to be three and one. Then the Bears fans will take it. All day long. Who wouldn't? No harm to the crack, but if the Bears are three and one come Sunday night, that's an absolute disgrace. Like a genuinely, Dable should walk out of New York if he loses uh, this game. Uh, and Mark will really want the Giants to win. He will really be 
desperate city joins me because Mark continuously goes on about the fact that we haven't seen two teams with a winning record in London for God knows how long. So you assuming his team doesn't win on Sunday against the Packers, you might see two teams with a winning record next week. That's the end of this podcast segment. If you want to get your popcorn and come back, we're about to pick the Jaguars Eagles game, so we can't wait to hear this opinion. Uh, join us in the podcast segment and see you in a minute. Colin, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL by country mile at the minute. This is a foregone conclusion, this game, isn't it? Yeah, as far, as good as Jacksonville were last week. I I think this could be game of the week. I really... Uh, look, I've been on the uh, Jalen Hurts uh, Eagles train for quite quite a while, but I really like what the, the Jaguars have done. I mean, I picked them last week because I genuinely believed in them. I think... They, when you look at this, um, and I saw it earlier, that the Eagles and the Jags are both top seven in the league in total offense, scoring offense, total defense, and scoring defense. These are two really good teams. And if the Jags keep going the way they're going, then it, it could be the Chargers, it could be the Broncos, it could be the Colts, but some a- AFC team... Um, could well miss out in the playoffs and the Jags could end up winning their, their own division because they have a really good defensive front. And um, I think they will um, bully a lot of teams. I think you you saw over the last couple of weeks, I think, was it um, six, 62-10 is the combined score over the last couple of weeks. Like, that's a proper beatdown on the Chargers and the, the Colts who you know, had so much love in the offseason. Um, they they can mix and match. They can do things, but I the where I struggle to see them winning this is because you cannot bully the the Eagles' um, offensive line. They are bullies the, themselves, as um, Washington found out um, to to their detriment last week. Um, I I think this could be a really high scoring game, um, but I I like what the Eagles have on the defense. I like what they have done. You saw Smith step up last week. You've seen AJ Brown step up a lot of times. They have the tight ends. We talked about running back by committee. I don't think they'll blow them out by any stretch of the imagination. And if you were to say to me, could you know it could the Jags win? They could, but I'm going to say that eight times out of ten, certainly it, it would be the, the Eagles um and the Jalen Hurts train continues to roll on. Very interesting game, the Jaguars against the 72 Dolphins here, um, just to run through some stats from the season. Sometimes you're better off just looking at stats and making a pick on the game. Trevor Lawrence is 772 yards, six touchdowns. Hunt Hortz is 960 and four touchdowns. James Robinson, 230 yards, three touchdowns. Best running back for the Eagles, 222, one touchdown. Christian Cork, 267, three touchdowns. AJ Brown, 309, one touchdown. Average points, 28 against 28.7. Average against 12 against 16. Yards allowed, 325 versus 323. Average rushing, 130 versus 123. So evenly matched. But yes, somehow the Jags haven't been given a, a chance in this game by large people. Call them, in fairness, has given them a good, good shout in the game. Um, I see the Eagles watched the Kobe Bryant documentary last week, and this week they watched the Tiger Woods documentary. I imagine Sunday's game will end in way Tiger Woods' car ended that day when he was in a rush to get there to do that footage with uh, Drew Brees and he went off off the rails. 
uh, like Alan Iverson of the Denver Nuggets when he went back to Philadelphia and went like Andy Reid when he went back to Philadelphia. Doug Peterson is going to go back to Philadelphia and upset the Eagles on Sunday. Jags to win. Are you done, yeah? Yeah, okay. Um, I acknowledge what you're saying there, and I feel that, the well, first off, the Jaguars' defense is really, really good to watch. Um, Trevor Lawrence has had a hell of a start to the season, and it's been fun to watch the Jaguars, especially last week in, in LA, but the reality is last week they were going up against an LA Chargers team that couldn't keep the offense in the field, so the Jacksonville Jaguars kept coming out again. Uh, Christian Kirk and the combination of Kirk uh, and Lawrence, sorry, Lawrence to Kirk is great, and absolutely James Robinson is they don't even need Travis Etienne at all at, at the minute I mean it's great to have him but the fact that he's got as you said uh, he's averaging 70, 76.7 rushing yards per game that's exciting so on, on paper um, it, it, sh- it should be a great game I mean Jalen Hurts doesn't just have 916 passing yards he's rushed for nearly 200 yards as well the way that his offense is working the deep threats that he has in Devonta Smith the fact that AJ Brown's there as well and you almost forget about him half the time uh, and and the run game as well hasn't really got going yet either they've got like I think 70 yards average per game with Miles Sanders so far so uh, I think that the Eagles are in the NFC for me at the minute I think they're the best team by a country mile uh, that being said I, I think the, 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 the Jaguars have made so such such high strides that I don't think any of us seen it coming I don't think any expert in in the states really seen it coming uh, it's amazing what you can do when uh, a, a proper head coach comes into the league and comes into your team after the urban meyer experience last year and uh, doug peterson should be completely uh, pat on, patted on the back for what he's done in such a short period of time even if he did kick the uh, the kick the irish kicker out uh, albeit on the practice squad the jaguars are going in the right direction i feel that on you know personally i feel that the eagles are the complete team in the NFC um, and I think Collins on to a winner picking them to go to the Super Bowl as it stands now we're three weeks in that could change by week six week seven if they win this week I can't see them losing for another month and a half uh, so I am I'm taking the Eagles to win this game and I should have mentioned as well that Mark's picking the Eagles and uh, it's going to be an exciting game I think that game's on TV isn't it on Sunday yeah it's on Sky yeah. yeah should be a good one hopefully we'll catch the first couple of quarters or as my wife asked me a few weeks ago how many quarters are in this game this is an interesting game. The Jets going up against the Steelers. Mitchell Trubisky going up against, it seems, Colin, Zach Wilson. Is that the case now? Is Has that been confirmed after Joe Flacco has had a hell of a start? Probably, uh, I haven't got the stats on me right now at the minute, but I'd love to see where he's ranking in the NFL at the minute in terms of completion rate like, and the yardage. I've been really impressed with Joe Flacco. Where were those stats a couple of years ago when he was playing in Denver? I mean, Jesus, the man couldn't get the ball down the field. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree. Joe Flacco has um surprised me, uh, because yeah, I, I didn't really didn't um have any expectations uh, for him. Um this is this to me is one of the tougher games to pick because I I see weapons on both on both teams. I, I really do. Um and I know Mark said he doesn't see a huge number of weapons with the, the Steelers, but I, I think they have. I think they have Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Pickens, uh I, I Chase Claypool, not so much, but the, those other three certainly. Um but I just Mitch Trubitsky ain't the answer, and we don't know about um, Kenny Pickett, but we know Mitch is going to be starting, and um, as long as he's starting, they're going to be limited. We'll see 
some weeks where we it might be good Mitch and it might be better than others uh, on the other side the the Jets in in Wilson seem to have a real find there he looks like a, a real real player um they've got a good a good running game um and they have they've been better improving on on defense I can I can make a case honestly for both of these sides winning it I actually think Zach Wilson coming back in some ways, it's a really difficult game to come back for. We know TJ is out, but the, the Steelers are still so impressive. Like It's in their core um, to get to the, the QB, and I think it'll be difficult to come back from injury and step straight in. Um, I, if the Steelers lo- lose this... Um, you know, there have been a lot of talk if you see online and among Steelers fans, they had this is must win. They're already seeing this as must win, or it's a, a completely lost season. And for that reason, um, I'm going to to say it it'll be the Steelers, but Jets, I am not writing you off. I would not be in the least bit surprised if the Jets were to win this on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with calmness. This is a difficult one to call. I think this will this might come down to the end. It could be a field goal game, it could be a late touchdown game. Like Wilson's coming back, and I totally get it. Like they've been very clear from day one. Well, Flacco's played very well. I mean, it's been abundantly clear that the minute he's available, he's going to play. And Mark made the point last night. How do you like? He's in a bit of a prove it season, you know, in terms of him being evaluated. He he, he got injured last year. He was thrown in at the deep end, but he's thrown in a bit in the deep end on Sunday again because they've got injuries on the offensive line. They're going to be mixing the match, and George Fant is out. Connor McDermott is going to start, and this player is going to have to reposition themselves to allow him to come in and. To me, that's a concern, and I know was what is out to drop off is significant from a Steelers perspective, but there has been some bright spots defensively. Um, Highsmith, four and a half sacks already for a young player coming in. He's starting to prove himself. There's struggles, you know, offensively. Yeah, Najee Harris hasn't got going, 60 yards rushing last week. He was held in check for large parts of the second half, but Mr. Bitsky for me needs to win this one because I think, I know we keep talking about it, we have mixed opinions when Kenny Pickett would play. We got into it last night as well. Um, if he doesn't win this game and they go one and three, I think you know we are going to see a change. If not next week, the week after. But I do think the Steelers will find a way to win the game. It won't be impressive. I think the Jets will be well in there, but just towards the end, I think the, the Steelers will just find a way to win out. Mark is picking the Steelers. Uh, it's it's a really intriguing matchup because, well, just first off, in that whole Kenny Pickett situation, I don't personally think he'll play the side of Halloween. I think I said last night something even longer than that, but it's it's a good discussion to have. And if you if you want to hear our discussion, you can get it at the end of the uh, Cowboys segment on the podcast if you want to listen back, folks. And um, yeah, just in terms of what I said a minute ago, the column Joe Flacco fifth best in the NFL so far in terms of passing yards, uh, eight hundred ninety nine through three weeks for a guy that I think a lot of people wrote off. And I remember watching the injury that Zach Wilson had in pre-season and, and everybody was already going well that's the season over Joe Flacco uh, their comeback against the Browns was, was really really impressive to watch and, and one guy that's been very very impressive for them so far is Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson uh, has a two touchdowns so far this season but the fact that Flacco was found space to target him 32 times is it's just great uh, and I'm very much in in the, the camp of what Mark said last night uh, on, on the Thursday night show uh, on the Wednesday, apologies. Uh, he he was saying on the broadcast in regards to if that's what Joe Flacco can get out of this team, what can a young quarterback that can run do? Now I'm not sure how fit that he is. I would presume that Robert Sala would not put him in that uh, offense until he was at least eighty or ninety percent fit. But 
I feel on the day that you're going to have a Brees Hall breakout game, I think this won't be close, lads. I uh, The Steelers are concerning for me. Uh, and after all the abuse of not picking the Jets and stuff, I, I'm, I'm taking the Jets. It just makes too much sense to pick the Jets in this game. And uh, I think there's numerous questions to ask for, for Mike Tomlin and, and for the Steelers team, but they don't have answers yet because they don't have... Um, a solution to quarterback and, and Mitch should be given more time just hand it off to Najee and see what happens that's the only way to win this game on, on Sunday is if they just hand it off hand it off to Najee try and get the ball to Pickens as well if they can but it's going to be Najee it's going to be the defensive side coming up for Pittsburgh I think they're going to fall short and for me I'm, I'm picking the Jets to win on Sunday yeah okay it's a full house in terms of the Steelers with everybody else so uh, I'm the only person going with the Steelers, or sorry, the Jets, which is good, I guess, for the crack. Um, okay, so we're going to look in our next segment at the Cardinals going up against the Panthers. This is, I mean, one quarterback needs to do homework contractually, whereas the other quarterback just needs to do homework in general because I haven't got the stat on me right now, Colin, but Baker Mayfield's stats, there's some special stat, and he's that far. I'll, I'll find it and tweet it out this weekend. He's that far behind every other quarterback in the league in terms of like decision-making to it. Like some sort of incredible stat that I'll find. But basically, they're screwed. Do you agree with that? Even though they, you know, they, they, they won last week against the Saints. Yeah, they they did. Um, I and I I think they're. I I'm not a big believer in the what the Panthers have there. Um, not not in Matt Rule and not particularly now in in Baker Mayfield. I I'd hoped that for Baker's sake, you know, he could make a, a proper go of it, but I don't think it has worked. Um, and I I think unless there's massive improvement, I, I can't see Baker being there next year. Um, so he'll probably be looking for potentially another um, gig elsewhere. The the cards have just been they've they've disappointed you know um in in many respects uh, at times they flash we've talked about it but it's it's Murray magic it's it's not down to you know the head coach making good decisions um we've seen Isaiah Simmons has been disappointing ever since he went there they don't seem to know how to really use him um. They could absolutely win this right because I, I do think that the batters will. Are, are struggling at times um, and Christian McCaffrey has missed two days though apparently the all signs are that he will play um, but he's already on the injury report twice which is concerning but for whatever reason the Panthers just always seem to beat the Cards um, they've beaten them in their last six matchups including two playoff games it's almost a decade since the Cards beat them and it doesn't make a great deal of sense because I, uh, you know, I, I think both of these teams have have issues, and certainly, you know, I think they both have issues at their head coach. But I take Cliff over Matt Rule. But I'm going to say that for some reason, it continues to, to be the case that the Cards can't manage to win, and the Panthers do it. The Panthers have struggled offensively throughout the course of the season, it's fair to say. I know we, they put a point numbers against the Browns week one, but for three and a half quarters, they didn't do very much. They didn't do a lot in the week two against the Giants. And whilst they won the game last weekend, I felt the stats were distorted by what was a set, what a big touchdown to the guy in which they brought him in the Jags and let someone else have a go at pronouncing his surname. He had a 75-yard touchdown. LaVisca Chenault. 
Yeah, there you go. Fair play to you. So it kind of just starts from before that, what were very average numbers, and the Saints couldn't move the ball all day. It was more around the fact that defense, um, the Cards have been outscored 56 to 13 in the first half of every, you know, over the course of the first two weeks. But what I would say is they played against the Chiefs, high scoring team. Okay, the Raiders self destructed, but the Raiders are deemed to be an explosive offense. They did put up 20 points in the first half. And then last week, the Rams, again, another explosive offense. And fair play, they held them to 20 points. But I think they can do more than enough to hold this Panthers offense. And you see what they've done. Like, I know Murray last week struggled, but he's still true for over 300 yards. He didn't get into the end zone. Hollywood Brown has had 250 yards so far. He's been actually quite a good signing. We were all kind of hesitant whether he was worthy of a first-round pick the night of the draft. And he had 140 yards last week off 14 receptions, so he has a connection from their college days with, with Kyler Murray. I'm going with the Cardinals. I, can, I know Colin is probably right in terms of historic reasons why you should potentially look at the Panthers. They obviously have the Indian sign. I think they're going to correct that this weekend. And the Cards win. And there's a few people who follow our show who are Cards fans that are going over to the game, so it would be nice to see them enjoy a victory in front of their team for the first time. Hogan's a Cards fan. He's picking the cards. Uh, Mark Cockrell's picking the cards. Everyone's picking the cards, apart from Colm so far. Um, yeah, that, that that whole situation with uh, Christian McCaffrey is is interesting because there was times last week against the Saints where even though he's had 243 yards rushing this season, which is fifth in the league already, hard to believe for a guy like him. That's You'd hope that he gets through a full season this year. Um, he... He just couldn't get a breakaway run last last week to the point of scored a touchdown against the Saints, which was frustrating for fantasy owners, I think, uh, including me. But um, the thing is, he's only had 13 targets so far this season. So, you know, Baker should be trying to find a way to get the ball to him. Or the reality is they're probably really scared of injuring him, which is six of one half dozen of the other. Um, for me, even though Kyler Murray's got nearly 800 passing yards in three games, they're so ineffective, it's unbelievable. That being said, their comeback against the Raiders was as a neutral for the ages. What a game, what an end of the game. But the, the play, the decision-making out of the pocket from Kyler Murray was just class. But that's like me turning up in the school and doing a test in French that I revised for, and then I don't revise for the other five. I... I <laughs> I've got the Panthers winning this game. I, I just feel that the the cards can't get it going. And I think it's a massive, massive issue for them. I think that Ron Rivera and Cliff Kingsbury are, are under pressure in both teams. And I feel that the Panthers are going to get a win. Now, that being said, Brian did mention there that there's numerous people associated to this broadcast that are either, you know, like watching their Cardinals fans, etc. There's also Panthers fans. And I hope anyone going to the game at the weekend... Uh, has a great time and I hope that I'm wrong if you're a Cards fan but uh, I, I think Baker will get it done somehow get the ball down the field Leviski Chenault even though it's pretty poor to watch on the on the whole and uh, the Panthers winning for me yeah okay we're going to look at this next game which is the Patriots my bad against the Packers uh, can, can I just apologise for the selection or media use this week i don't know what's going on there colin you're picking the packers now let, let, let's just get this out of here now because it's on the screen it's my bad um it's a, it's a difficult game for the patriots to go in never mind the fact that they haven't got mac jones going into lambeau field uh, they did show some signs of promise last week but whenever they were playing baltimore i found that the baltimore defense not that we're talking about the Ravens right now, but just generally in terms of the Patriots, the defense for the Ravens just found a way 
to get at the offense and just get through players. And I don't think they're going to have it easy in Lambeau Field either. No, I, the, I did see a tweet today that claims that Matt Jones is at the facility and even though he's not practicing, he might play on Sunday, which seems amazing given the pain that he was in, given that we were told it was a severe high ankle sprain um, and they were just glad he was avoiding surgery. So I don't know where that report is coming from but that that's certainly out there did you see um, bill's press con- I, I don't mean about it but did you see bill's press conference on tuesday when he was asked about the uh about brian hoyer and about his thoughts on brian hoyer he's like brian's a brian's a good quarterback he didn't say anything else <laughs> it's that's that's classic um bill belichick what you what you need to do is ask bill about you know the history of um, special teams play or some obscure play from the 1950s and you'll suddenly get this incredibly elaborate answer about the evolution of long snappers and uh, you know their importance in, in the game today. The, to, I, I've gone with the backers because um, I didn't believe and I don't imagine Mac Jones can will play and I, I just think going in with the, the backup QB is just too big an ask. A Bill Belichick team, I, I'm sure that they will um, make it tough. I think they will run the ball well. I think that's what they'll focus on. Um, but we're, we saw some, I suppose, maybe green shoots of life um, from the Packers last week. Uh, they got the, the win against the, the Bucks. Uh, and in terms of their, their young receivers, um, I think they he'll lean into his um, tight end a lot more, uh, Tanyan. And um, it we're still weeks away, I think, from the, the Packers offense really um, getting motoring. But I do think they'll have enough um, to beat a, a Patriots team that is uh, struggle, struggling and, and will struggle struggle more i just don't believe they're the elite talented wide receiver and tight end and with a backup qb that'll cost them well, i'll make it very clear now um because if you if jones does play on sunday people and people say oh well you picked the packers because jones wasn't playing and he's taught the second second quarterback no, no no if if jones is playing packers are winning this game quality either way um you only look at the packers defensive display last week i know tom brady seems a bit off the moment but it was still very strong. Cam had a really great game. I mean, 14 tackles, stops that two-point conversion at the end. That game wasn't close last week. They allowed a late drive for the Bucks, but their defense was dominant. Um, it's coming back to life. They were dominant against the Bears' offense, which in fairness has struggled. And for the second half of the Vikings game, whilst Jefferson had a really strong first half, and he, they shut him down in the second half. So they've actually got continuously better since the first half of the first game. And I see the same Sunday, whether Mac Jones playing or not. They'll have to run the ball. I think the Packers are well capable of them. And to Colin's point, we did see a little bit more of improvement and it's gradually starting to get better. You know, they leaned on the run in the week two game against the Bears. They got more expansive last week. Romeo Dobbs had a good game last week as a rookie. Lazard, Tonyan, and even if they didn't rely on the run game as the game progresses with Jones and AJ Dillon, more than enough. It's a comfortable win for me. Don't get, don't see any reason. And I think the betting line is nine and a half. I'd be all over that. Mark's taking the Patriots. So, 
he's not he's taking the Packers uh, Hoagie's taking the Packers everyone's taking the Packers I'm taking the Packers but the thing is I I, I want to find a reason to pick the Patriots um, I don't agree with Messer O'Leary down here I think if Mac Jones was playing and he was fully fit it would be a closer game uh, and I I wouldn't like the nine and a half spread on the handicap if Mac Jones is playing because last week Mac Jones had what over 300 passing yards and he made he made Devante Parker and him look like Tom Brady and Randy Moss at one point. So, I, I look, I, there's there's many question marks and variables over this Patriots team. I get it. People are going to hate on us for taking the Packers. Like, I have not picked the Patriots once this season. And we're a quarter through the regular season after the Sunday. So, I'd like to find a way to pick them. Um, the reality is, like the, the Patriots have got question marks and issues on their on their offense they don't have the best weapons to throw the ball to even with Mac Jones there and for Patriots fans that have been through years of uh, of winning of glory that sucks especially when you've got the Dolphins coming up and the Bills coming up and it's just it's just a cycle you know look at me I'm a Man United fan I'm going through it as well lads. so it's grand but don't hate me because I'm not picking you um, that being said I don't like the nine and a half something is just telling me not to do it and not, I'm not going to do a bet responsible if you are. Uh, the only way in which I can see that happening is if they run the ball. If Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon can run effectively through this Patriots team, which I don't think they will. I think the, I think the defense will put up for as long as they can, maybe mid-third quarter. It could start opening a bit. Um, that could be the situation. But I don't feel that Aaron Rodgers has the offensive weapons to get him 30 to 42 points in this game. And that's why I don't like the nine and a half spread. That being said, I'm going with the Packers. I think the Packers will win this game. And just want to make a point on the spread. And not to get too much of a betting perspective because Colin we might get lost soon. But the nine and a half hasn't moved, Mike. So when when Hoyer was confirmed, or, you know, realistically we know he probably not like he was going to going to play. And the bookies get hold of that. They use the line moves to 12 and a half, 13 and a half because they feel that Mac Jones is more credible as a quarterback. The line hasn't moved. I don't know if that's a reflection on what they think of Mac Jones or whether it's more a reflection that they think the Patriots will hold their own. But the Bookies obviously don't see Mac Jones playing one way or other as a difference in this game. They haven't changed the odds. They haven't changed the handicap. They think that's a reasonable line. I can see why you think it, but I think they'll find a way to beat them by 10 points at least. Maybe they have a DeLorean. Who knows? In the next segment, we're going to look at an AFC West matchup in Vegas. The Broncos are going at 2-1, joined top of the West with the Chiefs there, um, going up against the Raiders. The Raiders are sitting 0-3. Um, there are issues. There always are, let's be honest. There always are. There's always something going on with this Raiders team column. Uh, who, who are you going to pick for this game? Because, like, I, I know we've done a separate Broncos podcast this week and just had it off just talking generally. You know, you would think that the home advantage in Vegas and the way that the Raiders can play on their day and the fact that this is now the fourth game for Devontae Adams, he's coming into it more. Derek Carr has a lot to prove. The Raiders, regardless of your pick, the Raiders must win this game. Yeah? The season's on the line on Sunday in Vegas. For the Raiders, yeah, you you would imagine it it is. I mean, um, six teams in the Super Bowl era started zero and three and made the playoffs. Six, right? The eighty one Jets, 
the 82 Bucks, the 92 Chargers, the 95 Lions, the 98 Bills, and the 2018 Texans. Um, and the, the Chargers did manage to do it uh, starting 0-4. So there is precedent there um, if the Raiders do go to, to 0-4. This is a divisional game. It's two teams who have long-standing rivalry, who hate each other. Um, you know, there there is no love lost. Uh, and then you add Josh McDaniels into the mix. And there is a whole host of history there. Uh, we have seen it again this week. Um, the um, the Williams story coming out, telling how he'd never been prepared um, like he was under Josh McDaniels. And then he found out that they were recording the opposing teams and suddenly it all made sense. And Tyler Columbus go, going off with some of his stories. Look, if I was to, if you were to, to look at it, um, in some ways, the, the Raiders... The worrying thing for the Raiders is they have found ways to beat themselves. And that, to me, is not a not a good sign. It's a, it's a concern. If they can get out of their own way, um, you know, they, they should be very good. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked thus far. The Broncos put in one of the most putrid performances in prime time that you're ever likely to witness and and yet somehow came away with uh, a victory over the the 49ers um and i i don't know what's up with the the raiders and it's it's not making sense to me and the fact that you've seen numerous drops the fact that you've seen adams not get into to games um i i I, I do not expect this to be a classic. I expect plenty of sloppy football from both teams. Um, but I I think that Russell Wilson needs a big performance. The Raiders need uh, a victory. It's one of those, we t- I said it earlier in the, the show, that there were a number of games this week that could absolutely be on the, the toss of a coin. I'm going to say that the Broncos' defense, because Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb are healthy, um, and because the secondary has been playing so, so well, um, that they do, they do enough. But it is an enormous test for this Broncos' defense. Brian, you've been uh, very high on the Raiders going into the season. What have you followed them through through three weeks now going on for Have your opinions changed or do you think they'll come good in a few weeks? Um, I think it's one game at a time right now, Michael. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the consistency of their offense is not there. The first half against the Chargers in week one, non-existent, came out very strong in the second half, opportunity to win the game at the end, couldn't, didn't materialise. Derek Carr was erratic, his, play, his decision make was poor. Week two, 20 and up at halftime. Looked like the game was dead and buried. The, the cards were coming off a difficult loss in week one. No one foreseen that comeback. They melted in the second half. The only scored three points. Last week, first half down, 24-10 at halftime. Come back in the second half. Go for a two-point variant to, to tie the game up. They just haven't put four quarters of football together to do that. I think then they'll start winning games. But right now, you're struggling to see how that's going to how that's gonna come, come to fruition. And Adams is struggling. He's not getting the yards. He's been double-teamed. Yeah, he's had three touchdowns in three games. And you look at the stats and stats, they say don't know, but it does because he's not getting into the game. Derek Carr, 303 yards last week, two touchdowns. Most teams will take a quarterback with those numbers every week, but they're not winning the games. I'm with the Broncos on this game. And again, it's more so because I've been really impressed with the defense. We talked about the the, uh, the Packers defense. She's taken hold of things from halftime in, in the first game. 
that's what we've seen from the Broncos as well. Since that first half of erratic play, by and large, they've been really good. Um, I don't think it's going to be as close as Comp suggests. Um, I think it, the Broncos will win comfortably. I don't think Russell Wilson will have to have an amazing game. I do have concerns with the Wilson situation. don't think he's as electric as he was in terms of getting out of pocket. I think that that's probably a conversation for another day, and that concerns me. Because this rush for the, for the Raiders, if it's on its game, you know, can can do damage, and that, that would be a worry if the offensive line struggles. But I still think the, the Broncos will find a way to win this game and, and see it out in the fourth quarter. Both marks are going with the Raiders, so nice. At least some somebody's picking the Raiders for the Irish Raiders fans here. Um and I can imagine now if Mark Cocker was sitting here what he would say about the Raiders and that and, and that offense. So I get it. Um the Broncos have been very, very poor for three weeks, uh, in terms of their offensive play and, and the mistakes that have been made, and I guess that's gonna happen when you've got a a, a young coaching staff but the reality is the, the buck stops with the play it, it has not been good enough on the, on, on the offense Russell Wilson just has not looked confident 59% completion rate um, people were starting to turn him in the crowd week 2, week 3 the game on on Sunday night was brutal from both team standards San Fran and, and Denver that being said, uh, the Raiders have been very, very poor. I, the way I see this game is I feel that the Broncos' defense will come up. I think they'll stop Devontae Adams. And I think they'll get to Derek Carr. Uh, that being said, I think the Broncos will win 17-14. to 14. In, And, I, and I, I'll and I'll say it now. Russell Wilson doesn't throw a pass and touchdown in this game. It's rush. And I think if we're starting to have that situation again four weeks in, that's a concern because if a team is sitting potentially three and one top of the west and that's what's going on that's a problem that's a problem down the stretch the problem i think as well is if the offense doesn't get mountain or doesn't get consistently and start putting up good numbers the defense can only hold you in games for so long or throughout the course of a season you'll come up against a team in a couple of weeks like the Colts next week on Thursday night and right now you'd say in my eye that's a broncos win but it's a culture to get the, get the go get the get the move on this weekend against the Titans and get the offense rolling. And with Taylor there, you're then having to get into a game where you're having to put up 27 points potentially, 24, 27. And right now we can't see the Broncos doing that, but maybe this is this is the weekend against the Razors defense that has been erratic as well this season. So it is a prime for a, a bit of a rebound from the Broncos over the top. Yeah, massive game for both teams in the West connotations. Raiders 0-3, Broncos trying to get another win. And as Brian said, uh, they've got a, as it stands, favourable home matchup next week. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Sunday Night Football is going ahead as it stands. At the time of recording, if you're listening to this, it's a Thursday night. Sunday Night Football, the Bucks hosting the Chiefs in a rematch of the Super Bowl from the COVID year that the Chiefs uh, still haven't turned up to. So, uh, looking forward to watching this on Sunday night. Colm, I'm not looking forward to this game at all, mate. Um, I think the Bucks defense will stop the Chiefs. And I think Tom Brady is like a half soggy pack of pot noodle at the minute. And it's, sorry, coconut noodles at the minute. And it just makes me hope that this is a classic, but I don't want to get my hopes up anymore because Sunday night football so far this season has been, yeah. Yeah, and um, this is, it, it's hard to say, you know, that both the, these teams are, are sparkling offenses, obviously, um, you know, though I, like the 
the Bucks will have Mike Evans back, which should make a difference, though they're really struggling to 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 move the ball. Um they're just they're having it till any, but he's not, you know, the, the yards per carry are, are just minuscule. Um to me on on this, I, I the the you can it's difficult, it's very difficult to run on the, the Bucks. Um, but the thing is, the Chiefs don't tend to, to run anyway, um, and they don't they don't have good running backs uh, at the at the moment. And Andy Reid, even when it goes one or two bad plays, he seems to move away from the run immediately, and um, sometimes to his and the team's detriment. Um, I I think though that the the Chiefs got. They last week they had it and they they messed it up. They beat themselves. The special teams play was just horrific from the first muff punt to more jumping out of the way uh, of the the next punt uh, to the missed kicks um, to Chris Jones giving away that absolute killer penalty. I mean they they should have won that game and what he was thinking, um, you know. Uh, the Mara has to, he brought in the taunting rule, and I think that's impacted on everything. And I, I think the whole thing is crazy, but it is there, and players need to realize it. Um, and it's fifteen yards, and it absolutely kills you when when it happens. So, um, the and Chris Jones have been having such an impressive game, and um, if you if you've seen some of the the stats in terms of that have come out this week, he's getting double teamed and he's still performing. But that was a killer penalty. I do think the Chiefs will have learned from that. I think the Bucks still need to get some some players back. Um, I'm I'm going to it's it's another one. I'm going to say the the Chiefs win. Could it be the Bucks? Absolutely, it it could, but the Bucks would need it to be a low, low scoring game, I think, for them to to win. So, you look at the Chiefs' first three opponents going into the season. Everybody felt they were going up against explosive offenses, and I would give the Chiefs credit more so than teams stuttering at the start of the season. They held it. They held the cards in check. They held the the, the charges in check for those parts of the game of the hit to pick six and last week against Colts offense, which in fairness has been quite poor for the first two weeks. For large parts of the game, they couldn't do a lot. And Brady hasn't done a lot this season. Again, we're still in that divided opinion whether it's Brady not being hundred percent committed and he's off the his office game, he's head is elsewhere, or it's just a case that they've so many injuries, the offensive line is not what it was, and they just can't get the ball moving. And I think that's gonna continue on Sunday and I am surprised the game's not being moved, but we will see it being played in Tampa on Sunday, and I think the Chiefs' defense will dominate. And once they dominate, but they'll find ways to keep Brady in check. They'll keep the scores down, and I think it's been a long week for the Chiefs. They really should have won that game last week. I know I was crowing about the fact that I picked the the Colts in that game, but the reality is the Chiefs did everything to lose that game. They missed field goals. Kelsey dropped the ball twice in the end zone. They should have had that game done a lot earlier, and they left the Colts hanging around. I don't think that'll, that'll be the case on Sunday. I think they'll come out. They recognise they've got to win the game. One of the te- you know, there's an AFC West game going ahead, going on earlier that evening. They'll know the impact of that game. So for me, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. As Bri by uh, Brian mentioned, um, well, first off, Mark Cockrell picking the Chiefs, Hoagie picking the Chiefs. As as Brian mentioned, um, you know, I I have got the Chargers winning. 
this weekend and you've obviously got that situation where the Chiefs go in and there's been an AFC West matchup and the, and the Chiefs like look they're, they're professionals they're going to be worrying about themselves this week forward they don't care about the rest of the division as it stands because where they are in the division but they're going to have a look on that Broncos Raiders game they're going to want to see what's going on never mind the Chargers game um, they're the better team offensively defensively they've got a quarterback that can throw the ball to certain weapons I'll give you an example Travis Kelsey for one um, I can't see how Tom Brady is going to pass the ball efficiently to Cole Beasley on an offense where as it stands at the minute he's only been in there about six or seven days that offensive style is not suited to his play so that's not good for him Lenny will be torn up by the defense he might get a few runs but he won't be effective enough to win the game for the Bucs um, the only thing that the Bucs can hold on to is the defense in the Chiefs sorry is, is their defense going up against the Chiefs and if they can get to Mahomes and stop him in terms of getting the ball down the field and the safeties play well then they've got a chance the reality is it's going to be very very difficult for them like Shaquille Barrett uh, Winfield Jr are going to have to have games Russell Gage is going to have to go off Cameron Braid's going to have to go off and I just can't see it and I I do have concerns about Tom Brady this season um, and I feel that once we get to like week six week seven we can have a mature discussion about it his if, if he had the weapons that Mahomes had, okay, but he doesn't. And he's not being protected as well on the offensive line. He doesn't look as mobile. Mobile? Or uh, I've been watching too much game tip or commentary. He doesn't look as mobile or as confident, more importantly, in my opinion, in his play that he has done in, in the past. And for that reason, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs clean sweep. Five people going for the Chiefs in this game. Is, is any Does anyone think the Bucks have a chance, at least? Or? Oh yeah, no. I think that I think they have a, a chance. As, as I said, I, I think you know you you don't want to be betting against Brady. Um, and I think the fact that it's a clean sweep is is worrying uh, a little bit. Um, but I, you know, they just lack the the weapons and the fact that they, you know, they're struggling to to run it is the the issue. The the Chiefs' defense is has been pretty good you couldn't put um the struggles on the the defense and so that's why I, um I've, I've gone into to lean on the the chiefs for this but yeah I, I don't i don't envisage this being like a you know a, a chief blowout or anything like that um in terms of uh teams winning or you know like one person out of all of us picking um picking teams this weekend i'll not give away the london pick but you know, uh, <laughs> the, everyone's picked Dallas, everyone's picked Detroit, everyone's picked the Chargers. Hoagie's the only person picking the Titans. Brian's the only person picking the Jaguars. Um, I'm picking the Jets. Everybody else is picking the Steelers. Um, the Arizona Cardinals match is probably the most mixed game of the weekend. Uh, two lads, both marks picking Vegas and. Monday Night Football is an interesting one which we'll talk about on Monday night but we'll talk about that then is there any questions or anything that everybody wants to go over before uh, I get my sleep before I go to London in the morning yeah any, just uh, uh, an interesting one and thanks to everyone obviously for all the comments that are coming through it's uh, it's great to, to see and we always do love the, the fan engagement um, but we did have a question in uh, around kind of um, running backs and given the importance of running backs um, and and the way in which they uh, set the the tone. Um, why don't they they get paid and and do they do they deserve um, big contracts? Um, 
Brian, we'll go to you first on on that. Uh, given uh, you know that Saquon is uh, looking decent again this season. Well, it was a big question for the Giants at the end of the season: what they do with Saquon because he's going to want to get paid. The reality is, for running backs, there's too much wear and tear on a running back. The tires, the tread, in terms of how much yards, what's expected of them in the games, that you could be offering a player five or six year contracts, and they could find themselves getting struggling with severe injuries and it's more so the fact of the level of impact that the guys have so and it's such a recyclable business for running backs like you see last year it was um wilson the 49ers uh, running back who became officially the, the first running back this year only to get injured in week one and be gone for large parts of the season he was a six round pick you know we've seen players in the past i, I, I think back to matt forte of the bears he was picked in the second round goes in his opening night in in the the you know with the new stage goes in rocks in an 80 yard touchdown becomes straight away a, absolute home digger of a running back he had a great career there you just just so many players and so much value in the draft to get running backs in the latter rounds and they turn out to be great players in their career that they don't need to be getting the, the money the lucrative contracts and most the players want it i can understand why the gms are reluctant to do it because they've got to make sure that other players and you've got to make sure your offensive line is paid your quarterback's paid where the receivers it's too many players to go around and i can understand why running backs don't get paid but there is a few and far between that really do get the big contracts and, and they do deserve at times. Michael? I compare it to having a car and having a phone. I bought a car two weeks ago and I already know from driving it for the last three weeks that it'll do me for 15 years because it's just not using any petrol at all because it's a hybrid and everyone knows that it charges itself and I don't have any issues uh, and I can have a battery that fails that's fine. That means, like, for example, a quarterback could break their leg and their career could be ruined because of it. But a phone, your battery goes down and down every day. Your your battery life will eventually go. the The thing, but the thing about running back is, um, we've seen so many examples over the last few years where a running back has a great season, but you, you can never fully rely on them. Um, like look at Christian McCaffrey. Like like none of us would put, would put money on him playing the whole season. It's not going to happen. And if I was a GM of a team or a head coach or whoever, I would not be not be given un- unless they're incredible. Like we're talking OJ Simpson level here, like in terms of ability on the field. Um there we go. Took week four to get the OJ thing in. Um I just can't see I can't see the benefit for a team to leverage a contract over a, uh, over a running back and, and look at the whole situation in Dallas with, with Ezekiel Elliott. The, the contract situation there is crazy. The financial hit for the Cowboys is too much. So take it easy. Bring in a fifth or sixth rounder um, and see how you get on. I mean, like my team, Colin's team, brought in Lindsay for a couple of years and it worked out. There was He was undrafted. So there's plenty of examples of boys coming in doing well. Now with quarterbacks, it's different and you have to pay them. Um but that's a conversation, I think, for a different shot. Then we can talk about Kirk Cousins on Sunday for three hours, maybe. Potentially. One of the the in, the interesting things, um, and I think you guys have uh, summed it up really well. But one thing that has always stood out to me around the injury piece and and how unpredictable it is, is Frank Gore, the man who who played for a hundred seasons. Frank Gore tore his ACL twice in college. And then Frank Gore came into the the NFL, which is the the bigger, badder, tougher environment. 
Frank Gore was never injured. He was truly uh, Frank the the tank. Um, so a lot of the time it, it doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, as as you said, the problem is we've seen it with Alvin Kamara, we've seen it with Christian McCaffrey, we've seen it time and time again. Such wonderful talents, but the the level of punishment that you, that you take um, as a, a running back and and where you can um, bring guys in that's the the issue but you hate to see it because these guys take phenomenal punishment and a lot of them really deserve a lot more money than they they are getting um but yes we uh we are at the the end of our thursday thursday night show uh, yeah that's it forever yeah that's it <laughs> just pack it in <laughs> until until uh, until sun, sunday morning at 9 30 yeah, make sure, folks, if you're heading over to London, you set the recorders, Ross and Run, Fair City, in Brian's case. I'm bringing some tea bags over, lads, uh, 100%, because I'm not using the tea bags in Tottenham Stadium. No offence to Tottenham, but I, I need to feel somewhat at home. If you're over in London this weekend, you see us, give us a shout, say hello. Uh, Brian will be outside Chick King for personal appearances from 5 past 12. I'm actually going to be there at like 12 o'clock, so if you do see me, give me a shout. I have to do a thing, I have to record a thing. Anyway, looking forward to the game on Sunday. We're live at 9.30 on Sunday morning, uh, give or take, even if it rains. So we will see you then. Uh, Grammy Ogden, I'm Lance, have a good night, yeah? All the best. Bye-bye. See you soon.